Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Morrison. I'm sorry. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 28. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Um, so at this point, you are all down. You're all in the museum. Uh, two of you are upstairs. Three of you are downstairs. Um, things seem to be moving. Uh, and you can hear banging in strange noises downstairs. Um, I want to add to that that you never actually saw anything move. And the noises that you're hearing, you can't seem to pin down to a, a location. I wonder if there's anything, Felix, uh, do you have anything on hand uh, at all, uh, like a bit of chalk or something, or a grease pencil? If we mark where this thing is now, then we'll at least be able to say that we're certain that it moved and not that we just imagined it. I don't have anything, I don't have anything to write with. Uh, I could set a match next to it. Oh, that's right, we could use change also. Or, yeah, or spare change, any of that. Yeah, let's mark it up. Well, although the change will move with it, only in the direction it goes. Yes, yeah, something. I just want to make sure that I'm not you know, it's dark in here, and if if we put a piece of a piece of change, because that's what it comes in. If uh, we put a piece of change in the front of it, and a piece of change on the back of it, and it's t and those are touching, then regardless of which way it moves, one will not be touching anymore. Yes, I like it. It's all about the pieces of change. Uh, and maybe uh, rather than continue to pace around, as tedious as it is. Uh, we should uh, sit still and maintain a focus so that, because again, I, I, we thought we heard something and we came back and we thought something moved and twisted. But uh, I'd like to see if there's a shadow or, you know, if the object itself seems animate or what. Does that seem reasonable? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just get everything set up around it, and we'll just sit against the we can sit against the wall and wait and watch. Do you know the game Twenty Questions? I do. That's how tedious it's getting. Oh, no. Right. It is tedious. You sit there for a long time. Nothing happens. You're uh, you're wondering if uh, if somehow it. It's, it's, it's always inconvenient that things never happen when you're actually looking at them. Uh, both of you do luck rolls. I'm not feeling fortunate. I rolled a 97. I got a 22. That's a pass. Okay. So you're sitting there and you're trying to be quiet and listen and you find that the silence is just very, very nearly deafening. 
And Felix, as you are uh, sitting there, sort of staring off into space, you suddenly notice um, a fairly medium-sized statue on the other side of the room. Uh, you think that it moved, that it, right when you were looking at it, the angle of the light changed on its face as if it turned slightly. Now, I'm not saying that the face turned, but the whole statue turned slightly. And now that you can see because it changed the angle of the way the light's hitting it. Yeah, the shadow on the side of the nose is much larger than it was a moment ago because of it. Did I hear anything when that happened? I'll do a listen roll. 70, which is, I'm to spend two luck and make that a pass. Okay, then yeah, you, you think you heard a, a scraping. Um, it was, it was light, but, but there was definitely a, a sound that accompanied it. Hey, Reginald. Mm -hmm. The statue uh, across the way, I just heard and saw it move. The light that was, you could see the light shift in its face, just a tiny. Uh, which one is it? It's the one over there, about 20 feet tall. Sort of beaky thing? Uh, yeah, you'll see the light is, it's very defined on its face now. Well, there was no, um, there was no rush of air. There was no, uh, did you see anything around it when it moved, like a shadow no, or? A... I, I mean, just the light that was cast on it, but the, um, I heard a real faint sound of uh, the right. thing. I believe you. Uh, let's, let's go and have a look at it. I'm oh. curious if everything's moving to point the same direction in some way. From what you've seen so far, it doesn't seem so. It seems like things are turning and moving in sort of random directions. Um, but in the case of this one, you can see from the uh, sort of felt um, top of the, the stand that it's sitting on, mm -hmm. uh, that the impression that it had before, that it, it, it's moved slightly. It probably hasn't moved in years. And so there's a, a definite impression in the, in the, the stand. Uh, it's no longer in that same depression it was. A damnable thing. Um, it doesn't matter what figure it is, I assume. Um, it doesn't. Um, and and it, it didn't turn to face the, the larger Egyptian object or away from it. They're not turning north as a group or centrally. No, they, don't, they don't necessarily seem to be doing anything in, in unison. What the hell? Other than some random, you know, what do they call the Germans? Um, poltergeist. Mm. And it's very, it seems like a very um, intentionless sort of activity. Yeah, for everything if we can't figure out around. why. Right. But I didn't, the floor didn't rumble, you know, I didn't 
no. again there was no breeze or anything so it's just it's definitely just it reminds me of um uh, iron filings near magnets just sort of i don't know i don't know that's that's a fairly good idea though reginald do you think do we some sort of extra magnetic force yeah maybe if we put maybe if we could find some way to get a fairly decent amount of uh iron filings or even a, a powdered uh a ferrous powder, if you will, hmm. if you could sprinkle it all around, and then once it moves, see if see if it all pulls into an alignment. To yes, point that is interesting. Yeah, some sort of lines of force. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious to bring some marbles in as well, mm -hmm. or, or even some talcum powder. Mm. Mm. Although, it don't know if the museum like would be crazy about us powdering the floor. Hmm. Um, do you want to go downstairs and see what those folks are doing? Or should we maintain our watch? Well, we got everything marked off here. You want to set a couple of farthings around this uh, statue here of Gozer? Sure. Let's choose a couple of other pieces just randomly. I've got changed. Okay. Um, so that if anything else, that maybe we will find a directionality of movement, you know, this piece and then this piece, and they turn out to be at a line or a curve. But I'm bored as hell, so we might as well go downstairs. And I think I've left it a um, jug of coffee with Cyrus. I wouldn't mind a nip of that and a nip of brandy. Have, have you tasted that chicory garbage he brought over? Oh, rough. Says it's an Alabama thing. I don't think I yeah. want to even enter the States if that's what they're drinking over there. You know, colonies. Mm. All right. So you're going to go downstairs. Um, as you're coming down the stairs. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought of one thing from last time. Uh, okay. We heard a guard approaching. The click-clop of uh, a guard oh, yeah. rounds. Um, Was there anything uh, there? Well, no. He, he, he walked by... Um, sort of you know, tipped his hat. Okay. He's probably seen you three times already as he's gone by. Very well. Just didn't want to skip over something that I remembered. All right. So as you're going down the stairs, um, stairs lead down to a hallway that runs left and right. And the, the various vaults and rooms and, and things are all along there. And uh, you can hear uh, one of the other guys uh, down the hallway uh, just chatting or saying something. So you know which direction they're coming from. And uh, they seem to be walking back and forth, um, like oddly, you know, they walk a little bit this way and a little bit back this way. And like they're looking for something. You think at first they're looking for something on the ground because they're all sort of looking down. And that's, that's the way you see the other three. I hope they're not looking for all for spare change now because they've seen so many on the ground. And they've all picked up all of our change now from, from upstairs. And when we go back, they're all going to be gone. 
The old Hansel and Gretel. Indeed. So I'm going to approach them quietly since they seem intent. Who do we see first? Um, well, there are all three of them there. Maybe you see Cyrus first. Um, but since you said it that way, Reginald, do a listen to her. You're muted. One. I can hear everything down here. Um, you suddenly dawns on you what they're listening to. And there is a, uh, I guess you'd call it a rhythmical sort of pounding. It sounds distant, um, vaguely musical, um, like, like almost with a bell quality to it, though not really, like a, a deadened bell sort of sound. And you don't really know where it's coming from, but you can you can hear what they're hearing. Do I recognize it as any specific historical cultures? Uh, uh, what ritual, I ritual, yeah, sort like of ritualistic of of a certain area, or uh, uh, why don't you do an archaeology or anthropology role? Do you have that? <laughs> I do. I have archaeology. As have I. 57 on 70. And I got a 27 on 63. So that's a hard. Well, the problem is that it's very regular <clears throat> and, and simply bang, bang. Bang, 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 bang. And you would think at first, is it mechanical? Could there be something in like the sub-basement that is, you know, a washing machine that is making this noise? Um, except that it changes. You'll hear it go, you know, bang, bang, bang. And then it'll stop for a couple of seconds. And then the rhythm might slow down, and then, or it might speed up a little, or it might hit a couple times and then stop. So it, it, it's mostly regular and occasionally not regular. Doesn't sound like a machine would do that. And but you're not, not sure of any rituals. I mean, pounding the Indian drums, boom, 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 would do that. But and it's definitely not Morse code, right? Um, well, do a Morris code roll. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's definitely not Morris code. It's w way too slow for that. And it's and it's mostly just repetition. It's not bump 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 or butter da dum butter da dum butter da dum. It's right. more bum 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 bum. Well, it, it's never really that fast. It's it's fairly slow. Um. And you said and a little bell-like? Yeah, and occasionally there's, there's almost a musical uh, accompaniment to it that you, you, I mean, it doesn't sound like any music playing, 
That's right. not what I mean, but it's got a it's got a tone to it, I guess, if right. you will. And it sounds as though it's coming from three rooms away. Yeah, or you know, yeah. I mean, there's it. It, it doesn't sound like it's here, but here is where it's the loudest. So if we were to fan out in a circle, it's only getting fainter. We can't circle around it and start to move toward it. Right. It's the damnedest thing. Is and it's, it's also definitely not coming from above you. Uh -huh. It seems to be here or maybe down below or just beyond And this the is walls. the lowest level that we're aware of. Oh, uh, right. Um, Let's look for trap doors, though. All right. Let's go ahead and do a spot hidden. Thirty-six is a not quite a hard. Okay. I found that. Um, you find no trap doors. How's the ventilation system around here set up? Um. I don't know, standard museum ventilation. There's, uh, you know, there's an air conditioner. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they would have had in the 1920s. Okay. But, but um, a regular ventilation system, fresh air. Is there any uh, resonance from this, uh, from this sound with the ventilation system? No, the machines for the, all of that are somewhere else, and it's just air flowing in. Okay. And the ceilings are fairly high, so you don't really feel the breeze if there is any. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, the floors down here, you said before, were marble. Right. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I have you know my silver lighter. I'm gonna try to tap along with the music on the floor. Okay. See if I can join it. Okay. Um. Do a do a knowledge roll. That, that's education, not intelligence, right? Oh, uh, correct. 14 is exactly my extreme. As you get down on your hands and knees, and you're leaning there and you're tapping along with it, you do realize that it seems a little louder. Okay, head against the floor. You put your head against the floor, it becomes a little clearer. Mm -hmm. Does and, that include the melodic line? Well, you start to hear what sound, it sounds like someone banging on something. But as they're banging on it, there's almost a metallic or a, a, a ringing noise um and what it reminds you of what what comes into your mind when you're hearing it is like the sound of a pick hitting rock as if somebody were swinging a pick um but no more this no more of the singing part comes through. well there seems to be an accompanying sort of sound with it um you're not sure but maybe it's words or 
it, you don't under, you can't pick out any individual word, but it's definitely rhythmical along with this, as if somebody were chanting along with this. We're working Bang. the chain gang. Uh, so, you know, everybody, I'm going to wave, head down. I think either we've got uh, Nancy Greenborough, who fell through some sort of crack and is digging her way out, or uh, some group is attempting a very ambitious museum robbery, uh, or a prison break has gone awry and they've just gotten lost and they've took a very long time. <laughs> Oh, all sorts of visions come into my head and the little guys in the black and white stripes popping their heads up and looking around. Um, Print a museum, the, go back, go back. The noise, is it strong enough that it's vibrating the floors? Not quite, but enough to where obviously you're hearing the sound. So there's definitely a slight vibration. Does the vibration sound itself? What What's around this museum? Large open fields? No, it's a city. It's in the middle of the city. How far is is Elgato's El house from the museum? Delgado? Oh, he's he's in a much nicer neighborhood. Yeah, Delgado uh, lived live far farther from the center. I'm thinking that um, they're tunneling in from the sewer somewhere nearby. Yeah, I just it could, figured it could the, legitimately be sewer work, but as you say, it might actually be someone trying to break in. All right, if, it's, that, if, that, if it's louder right here, then I don't think it's likely to be. It'd be louder closer to the walls if they were just working. That actually brings up an interesting question. Um, I don't know about a museum, but I know that a lot of the buildings from the 20s had actual access panels to go into the sewers. Does this museum have an access porthole or whatever that goes into the sewers should if so right we looked for a trapdoor earlier we didn't notice any drainage grates though instead of a trapdoor on the inside no well i don't know no i don't think so i don't think you'd find anything like that not really not, sure what the state of London's sewer system was like in the 20s, although it was probably pretty icky. If I don't recall correctly, it was actually also a time when they were uh, starting to upgrade it because it was too icky from the Victorian area. It was the first, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the first uh, stage of actual uh, upgrading to a modern standard. Well, the buildings that I have been in from the 20s had an actual manhole cover. So we'll look for a manhole cover. It's probably someplace out of the way in a closet or something. This is, right, they might. Go ahead. This is the lowest point in the museum or no? Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll say that it is. Right. And there's no, there's no sewer manhole cover inside the building. It would stink. Right. Also, there'd be the risk of water rising and damaging things in the basement. Right. So whatever toilet system they have in wastewater must go not through this place where they keep artifacts, I guess. Um, well, uh, 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down again. And does it sound like it might not be English that's being chanted or spoken? Well, it's definitely not English. It's definitely not English. Uh, and it doesn't sound that close. It sounds like it's still quite a ways away. Okay. So Reginald's on the floor with his ear to the floor, go over and do the same thing, kind of hear where it's at, and then move out in various distances to see if it's getting louder or there's more vibrations coming in than where Reginald's at. Well, I'm not sure that it would make much difference. It's it's resonating through the the material of the building. Um, I mean, you can go three rooms away and you don't hear it very well, but uh, it's somewhere under this part of the museum. That's about as close as you can get. And we're not, this room J isn't in a corner or some other obvious place. Uh -uh. It's just part of the maze of the sub-basement. Right. Well, uh, we need to get uh, in touch with law enforcement. Uh, I agree tonight or tomorrow and um, get a crew to look for, um, you know, a means of access to the sewer system. I would recommend we uh, give them a uh, ring tonight. We can't let this go any further. What time is it? You, you catch them in the act. What time is it? Uh, two in the morning. Say Excellent. Point. I'm gonna go outside of this museum and I'm going to walk around and see if there's a way for me to get down underneath it. Okay. Look for a sewer hole. Well, there are sewer grates in the streets. Is there any way I can get down there? Or do I um, see any light coming from any of them? At no. two in the morning, it should be pitch black and silent in those grates. Um, you see nothing. Uh, you put your ear to it, you hear nothing uh, coming from there. Um, do a luck roll. Okay. Now, this, this, it won't sound going to happen. Sorry. You don't have to do a luck roll. 98. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I, w I won't tell you that, that nothing would have happened anyway because that works. That works great. <laughs> I forget that it's two in the morning. That was all my ideas. So I'm going to go back inside and tell these guys. That was all my ideas. There's not by chance uh, an underground close by here, is there? Well, there's the subway. Um, it's not, as far as you know, it's not underneath the museum. Yes, that platform got uh, closed quite uh, not too long ago. But regardless, if, if it is somebody down there with pickaxes breaking their way through, they could be singing some kind of foreign song is what you hear going over it. But if they're coming for the museum, it's a well-funded uh, <clears throat> well funded group. They'd be set up in a house somewhere or through the underground, but they'd probably have paid people. And they're set up in a place where their home base is where the public's not going to be able to see it. Good call on looking in the sewers, but if they're going for something here, there's big money in it. Somebody's backing them. Probably 
Delgado, and it would be a shack somewhere where they started it or or the back of a tunnel off of like some workman's area. Or Cyrus, uh, they dug a hole in the basement of your flat and have dug their way all the way here and it's the Brethren. (laughs) We could check it, who knows? Yeah, guys, I made some coffee too. I put extra turkey just like you guys like it. I remember last time how you raved about it. Thank you. Uh, uh, Felix, I think I have, you know, a, a little of this brandy might take off the bite from the chicory. By bite, you mean the entire taste. Hook it up into the glass. Oh, and uh, Jane and gentlemen, um, this is all very interesting. Also, the uh, objects upstairs are moving of their own volition. Uh, it seems to make little or no sound when they do so. Uh, and we can't see any rhyme and no reason or any act or moving them, but it's happening. So we have two mysteries. Yes. This this digging wouldn't vibrate something on the floor above us. I wouldn't think so, would it? I, I don't see how it could. The only way that it could vibrate something above us was if we were feeling strong vibrations down here so yeah if we can't be, feel this they'd have to be setting up dynamite and everybody would feel that uh the uh overnight security fellow what was his name oh i couldn't find my notes earlier Um, Yates put Blanchard? us in touch with Blanchard. Uh, he, he's, he has an office somewhere. I assume he's here over all the overnight, or does he he's, leave at three? No, he's here, all, he's here until six. Um, he's either in his office or he's on his rounds walking around. So I propose that at least a couple of us go and find Blanchard, especially if he's in his office and it's trivial, and we can lead him down here and they can arrange for, a, you know, for someone who's um, paid to sit here and listen to the chain gang. Uh, doesn't do anything. The fact that someone seems to be tunneling in doesn't begin to explain the missing woman, though. That is true. Or whatever happened to, uh, to um, Morris, who's now mad. A missing woman could have seen something she wasn't supposed to and got pulled right out the back door. But didn't Morris Gibbs go mad because he saw her vanish or something? He heard her scream. Scream. Let's say, I'm just going to go with Delgado. Let's say he sent the crew in to scope out the place. She saw them, screamed. They grabbed her and took her hostage or dumped her in the river. It must be that Yankee stubbornness that you persist in assuming that things have a rational basis after all we've seen. Oh, no, I I totally believe in supernatural now, but I think the statue's moving is very weird, but that sounds like a, a group of guys picking their way through to tunnel up and take something. That's true. That is, it, yeah, the sound beneath does not seem to be supernatural. 
Whereas I think poor Nancy Greenberg was just turned into a mummy instantaneously and is stuck behind a piece of glass right now. A doesn't have to do with B. We could be dealing with two different factions. I'm afraid three at least. Well, I mean, some sort of spell or spiritual something's going on and animating the statues or whatever the case may be, while downstairs a group of thugs who we saw coming out of Delgado's house were the be-it-end-all hooligans for London. And if anybody could plan something, it would be that crew, or combined crews, because there's three or four different groups working together. Right. There was also that, uh, you know, extremely organized um, uh, not, it's not extortion, extrusion, extraction from uh, Bedlam of uh, our poor bandaged friend. It was an extremely well-orchestrated criminal activity. Anyway, who wants to go and fight Blanchard with me? I'll take a walk, will you? Yeah. All right. Um. There are strange sounds. <laughs> yeah. He's working out in this office. He's doing push-ups. That was, he's laughing at something on television. Um, all right. Um, all right. So you find Mr. Blanchard upstairs. Uh, and he's like, well, how's it going? Seen anything moving around? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, at least two objects, one of which an Egyptian thing was very substantial. Uh, and I think... You know, I'll speak to Mr. Yates tomorrow if it's of any help, but I think we're, we're going to need um, additional staff. I think it might be helpful to start cataloging what is moving about and when and where, but there's more than that. Well, I, I never get went in much for that paranormal stuff. It's, uh, That's fair well. enough. You needn't for the second thing we've discovered. Uh, if you put your ear to the floor of the cellar in room J, you can hear what sounds very much like a group of people tunneling under the museum. And if you'll come down, you can hear it for yourself. Show me. Certainly. All right, so he comes down with you, gets down on all fours, he puts his ear against the floor and he goes, my God. He said, that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. And he stands up and he's, he just sort of stares at the floor where he was. And he says, the only thing that might be down there is the old railway system uh, that was closed years ago. Um, there's probably, I'm not sure how you would gain access to it, except maybe through a maintenance tunnel from the, the current subway. Um, but it does sound like that. I'll, I'll alert the authorities i'm not sure that what we what we can do about it at this point except wait for them to surface uh, how big of how big of cars were on this old subway well the, i mean they're not that much different than the current than the current ones a little smaller uh less comfortable not as loud as dynamite but still enough to run vibrations through a building oh there wouldn't be any there's probably not even electricity to those tracks any longer 
Right. But if the cars are on that track moving along, would it shake the building? I don't know. I really think you feel like it's one of those uh, sort of hand yes pump or things. No, sir. Will it shake the building? I, I have no experience. I have no, uh, no idea. But who knows? A truck might. I, we're not we're not anywhere near a road or uh I suppose possibly. Okay. That's all I can ask. It's two thirty in the morning. I get grumpy when I get tired and I apologize. But why would somebody tunnel up into the uh the museum? To steal. Well it's an awful lot of effort to put forward to steal. But if there's tracks, then they could have wheeled carts so they can steal something of any weight, get it down to those tracks. And if they're still, if the tunnels are all still there with tracks intact, they could push cart anything to wherever they want to remaining in the city. Felix, I have an, an additional thought on that regard. It might not be that they want one-time access to steal a particular object or 10 but that they want to have continued access over a period of time that no one knows about. Well, if they, for example, wanted to perform a ritual at a temple that was recently reconstructed. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to go uh, make some phone calls. It's very early, but... Uh, Do you think that the best uh, bet, Mr. Blanchard, is to uh, bring uh, the police in now when they're probably at minimum staff oh no i don't think no. that anything's if they're tunneling in it's still going to take them weeks i think um but i will make sure yates knows and we'll make a decision as to what to do we'll send a squad of police down into that uh that we'll old just use tunnel mind yes. if they can get down there this is something the yard would be called in for well i'm not sure they need they would do an investigation um if we know they're there, we just send in the police. Send in a bunch of bobbies with sticks. Oh, down to actually take care of the, the hooligans, yeah. But there's at least a million dollars worth of artifacts in this building. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not going to let them get to them. So uh, I am going to go and make some phone calls. And he goes. Reginald, you're you're on the nose with that. I, I believe they want to make repeat visits to worship at the temple. I mean, it seems like the only again, given the skill that another group showed in extracting one individual from a uh, you know fairly secure madhouse, the reason to dig a tunnel under a place like this is to have access to it at will in privacy, I suspect. Um, I want to go back upstairs and see whether any other of the objects are dancing. And I think that the mystery of the musical, the musical tones of the cellar has been solved for the time being. All right. So are you all going to head upstairs? Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, you all head upstairs. You uh, say everybody do a luck roll. Meanwhile, Felix and I explain our clever change technique. Ninety. Not very lucky. 
33, pass. 64 is fail. Oh, no, 64 is a, a marginal success. Okay. Failed. Well, it's an interesting turnout. So you go up there and Felix and Reginald, um, you're 80% convinced that at least something moved. You know, you remember where you placed your coins. Did we each get one or is there just one between us? Um, we'll say there's two, two things that moved. And no rhyme or reason. Nope. And, and one of them very slight, but there's now definitely a gap between the, the coins. Reginald, maybe you should write down the names of each statue, see if there's a correlation between what items are moving. Are they all Egyptian? Are they all people? Are they all... I'm going to make yeah, notes of each catalog entry and also... Um, I'm going to sketch a rudimentary map to see if there's some physical suggestion. Again, a wave or a line or something. That was in that corner. What information are you writing down about the objects? Um, what it's called on the card. Uh, where it came from and its year. Okay. I'm also going to make a simple note, like if it's all human figures or all animal figures or all, you know, if there's any other commonality. Okay. Might be reaching, but maybe who discovered it? Are these all from Campbell Thompson? Or so information about the objects, uh, yeah. their, where they came from and so forth. Yeah, the, 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 a truncated list of whatever's on the placard. Okay. Any anything else about the uh, the event? That sure. You said something about maybe direction. Oh right! I, I, again, I, a rudimentary map of where the things are moving, so okay. that I can draw. You know, if it's if it's a, there's a line everything in a single line is moving somewhere or I can make a curved map. Okay. What you find after you do this, and it takes you a while, you know, mm -hmm. an hour goes by while you're doing this, that um, they seem to be randomly distributed. Um, some of them are statues. Some of them are, you know, clay pots uh, with, with stuff on them. Uh, some of them are Egyptian. Some of them are, are Abyssinian, some of them are, you know, just various different different things. Uh, but do a spot hidden roll. We'll call it a spot hidden roll. 41 is a normal success. Okay. You begin to notice that, and the first thing you notice is when you've got your little sort of map drawn out, mm -hmm. uh, that the things on one side of the map are moving farther than the things on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and of and course, you're not, you're not spread out around the whole museum. But the things that are moving more are closer to the temple that is being reconstructed. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, Jane, gentlemen, um, wake up, Jesus. Now there's not enough information to make that an absolute fact, but that's what your map shows. So Reginald, according to what you're showing us, maybe there's a pulse coming like from the epicenter of the temple and it's resonating out? It seems like a perfectly reasonable metaphor, yeah. I mean, there's... You know, it's again, it's a vibration that we're not feeling, but that artifacts do. Well, there's that kooky theory about that island, that Christmas island, Easter island or something, that that they use some sort of musical ray or, or the, the high priest use some sort of energy to move the statues. Hmm. Well, yes. I mean, uh, again, uh, I hope uh, now that we've alerted Blanchard to the fact that he's got moles under his museum, he'll take things a little more seriously and help us catalog what is dancing around the museum's floors. But yeah, this the, the notes from tonight suggest that there's an, as it were, epicenter to these movements. And it would be, of course, our dark temple. Is there a way we can access the temple tonight? Mm-hmm. There's nobody working on it. It's Perhaps empty. Perhaps we should go in there and see if anything occurs. Yes, I think I'll have a little more chicory coffee and brandy, but uh, I would like to see how far along that thing has come. Yes. I'll go. If there's anything that might suggest any kind of uh, resonance, because I personally feel that uh, we might be onto something here with that. Just so many references to resonance and waves and such going about in people's speech. This might be this might be a clue. All right. So you get to the temple. And one of the things is, is that the lighting hasn't been placed yet as there, you know, because everything will be ultimately dramatically lit. Um, right now, there are basically some work lights that are off. Uh, so the temple itself looks fairly dark on the inside. Uh, the outside structure is in place. Um, they're still going to be putting the ceiling on it. It's, but you remember it from the other day when Longton showed it to you. There are niches where there's going to put the various objects, so forth, uh, where they were originally in the temple. And are those all empty still? Yes. Mm-hmm. All of these and, value, anything that they still have that's valuable is in the vault. And, and we know that, as far as we know, the opal's missing, and we have the horn. Right. And the idol is in the hands of the brethren who may or may not be tunneling under the museum. That still know, leaves the seal. We would have to That's be seal. prepared to do this, but um, if we were to stay here again, we can make a trip and get the horn and bring the horn with us. I wonder if it would have some form of reaction if we put it in vicinity of the temple. Might be a rather dangerous thing. Uh, Precisely my thought, Jane. Extraordinarily dangerous. Yes, quite. Um, I would like... More to us than anything else. 
I would like you to tell me who goes in first and how you enter the temple. I, I mean, said that I went in first. Okay, I you said, went in first. I'll follow um, behind him. Where do you go? Imagine that this temple is roughly um, rectangular, um, 40 feet across. There's niches in the wall. Uh, there, You're entering through what would have been the doors of the temple. And uh, at some point there would have been an altar or something. None of that is there at this point. Um, but you can see that the flagstones of the floor are sort of laid out in such a way that you can tell that there's sort of a central spot um, for the temple. Okay. Can so we where get, do you go? Can we walk get in. A, it's pretty much empty. So you walk go anywhere. into roughly where I'm assuming the altar would be. I mean, it okay. should be fairly easy to decide where that would be at. All right. Do a do a power roll, please. Power. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, made it exactly. Okay. Um, when you step into the center, you get the heebie-jeebies. You, you, it feels like someone's watching you. Um, and it could just be in your head. But there's something about the shape, the, the size of the room, the, the ancient rock structure that just makes you feel kind of uneasy. The creeps. Yeah. The shadows in the room. The, you know. The glaring light from the from the the, the shadows are caused by, of course, the glaring light of the uh, work lights. Shine my torch around. Well, the room is lit up by the, the work lights, but oh, okay. Uh, you don't need a torch. Well, we do for the dark parts, perhaps. Yeah. I'm trying there's to figure nothing. out which niche the horn belongs in, if there's some marking around it that shows what belongs where. There doesn't seem to be. Um... Are the niches all the same size? Uh, roughly, yeah. They're symmetrical around the room. Um, what uh, What are the rest of you doing? Same sort of question. That's I'm going to look at the uh, floor. Is there any particular patterns or any markings or indications on the floor in relation to uh, the temple at large? Well, it's a flagstone floor, but there's there's definitely sort of a, a a geometric sort of arrangement of mm -hmm. of the stones. Anything that looks like it was recently placed in since uh, we were there last. All of it. It was all placed in. Well, no, no. Since you were, you were there, um, no, it looks the same. Okay. Sometimes in reconstructions like this, uh, there'll be a an obvious sort of plaster bit where something fell apart when they were digging it out or was lost in transit. Is, are there gaps like that? Are there lacunae that stand out? Um, no. Nothing important uh, like that. And, you know, so the, the, the niches are all more or less identical looking. Right. It's not like there's a, 
a symbol above each one or below each one. Or, Correct. And there's not writing on the walls themselves. There's not cuneiform text. Correct. And, but they definitely, all of the niches face the central point. And there are six of them, right? I think, was that the number? Um, six or eight, yeah. There's actually more than that. So there are more objects than the than ones we have, that you've heard of. Than yeah. we're aware of, interesting. How many entrances and exits are, are uh, in the temple? Uh, there's just the, uh, the opening for it. Okay. I want to go to the uh, opening and look both on the uh, inside and the outside, see if there's anything that stands out particularly that catches okay. my eye. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing really stands out. Is there any evidence on the stones that there might have been uh, doors on the temple at one time? Um, yeah, from the arrangement, possibly, possibly large wooden doors. Okay. Looking around the, the floor and the flagstones around the uh, entryway, anything particularly stand out? Not really. Okay. I'm going to make my way to the center of the, the, the room and towards where the uh, fuller was. Okay. Um, when you step into the very center of the room, um, you have absolutely no feeling whatsoever, except that you can see that this is the spot in which all of these objects would have been focused, if you will. So question, the stone, the floor, the walls of this are the actual temple that was imported from Nineveh, correct? Correct. Correct. And I want to take a look and see if Anything is not original. Uh, well, that's what Reginald just did. That was, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure it was the same. As far as you know, it looks, if there is something that's not quite original because they had, they like, they broke it, they've replaced it uh, well enough to where it looks exactly the same. That's, right, but know. it wasn't a, a whole wall or no. something. Right, no. that's more where I was going. Like, there was a false wall. That's basically what Right. And uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a dome shape thing? Um, it's more flat on, the, on this top than anything else. Uh -huh. But the ceiling isn't in yet. Correct. Like you said, they're, right, that's, right. That they're still constructing that. Uh, are there, are there um, gaps between stones for wooden beams that would be supporting the ceiling? If no. It doesn't have... Yeah. I'm um, not sure no... how they're going to handle the ceiling of it, so. The niches, um, the stones around the niches, do they look darker like at one time, perhaps some kind of a torch or lamp was burning in those niches? Not that you can see. And the stones going up the walls aren't darker, but there are no window holes, so they had to light the place somehow. If this is irritating the new show, we can ignore it. They lit it with mirrors. No, actually, you're probably right that the stones higher up would have accumulated more uh, soot, um, probably from torchlight. Uh, but uh, if, if you're looking for evidence of that, 
either the evidence has worn itself away or they cleaned the stones or, um, you know, it's possible they cleaned them so that they would look better. What are the rest of you doing? Are you still outside, Felix, or did you come in too? No, I'm sitting outside in a chair. I'm asleep. It's three o'clock in the morning, and these guys are standing around in something that really I have no interest in whatsoever. I just want okay. to get some sleep. I've been up all day. I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> I want to walk out and kind of walk the perimeter of the uh, of the uh, temple. Have a look on the outside. Well, it's not really. They they've put it in such a way that it kind of funnels the funnel people into it, right? You know, and then have to exit the same way. Um, uh, outside that, I mean, it is the British Museum, but you'd have to go through the salons and things like that to actually go all the right. way around it. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. What do you want to do next? Well, okay. frankly, I'm prepared to go and um, tell Mr. Blanchard that uh, that um, we'd like to make arrangements for another visit. Uh, and also request that he follow up on um, what's happening downstairs. Okay. Um, Reginald, do a luck roll. Before is just uh, just a success for luck. Okay. Um, for you, did you actually uh, type in the response to me? <laughs> yes. I don't see. Oh, I, did, I'm, I didn't. I did it to someone else. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then you, you do exactly that. Um, all right. So you guys make your way out of the room. Uh, and what, I'm sorry, what were you going to do next? I basically want to check out with Blanchard so that he knows, you know, that he knows when we're here and when we're gone. And I want to know, you know, what he finds out about the tunnelers and tell him that we're going to come back, maybe not tomorrow night, but in a couple of days. What okay. do you guys think? I think we should spend some more time here at night, but I don't think we have to do a successive overnights. Is that... Yeah, we'll come back in a couple of days, but we should check up with the head of security and find out what their plans going forward are. And maybe we can look into or we should look into uh, uh, the tunnel system. Maybe yeah. there's... Maybe instead of staying here in the, t in the museum, maybe we should take and scout out the tunnel system one night. Right. So if everyone's in agreement, I, that's what I think I'll tell Blanchard that we're, it's four o'clock, we're out. Thank you for his assistance. Uh, we'll be in touch with you, Mr. Yates. All right. And like to come back in a, in a day or two. Absolutely. And thank you very much. We'll, we'll make sure that they uh, 
understand that you are the ones that solved the mystery of who's of somebody trying to break into the British Museum. And uh, he shows you all of the door and locks it behind you. And you, you go a couple of steps down the British Museum, the front, front thing, and, and uh, Felix is sitting on a bench there, snoring away. And so Felix, you're suddenly awakened by somebody's hand on your shoulder. Which you immediately cut off with a butcher knife. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry I dozed off there. Whose hand is that? You mean whose hand was that? Uh, why don't you have one of your fellows come around and, and drive us to our respective places? Because I don't think any of us should be driving. And that way I could have more of this very good brandy. Eastern European. I'm good to drive. I just caught about 15 minutes nap. So. It'll be quiet, the Churton wagon, I can tell you that. Yeah, all aboard. All aboard. All right. Should we reconvene at perhaps one for a late lunch at the club? That works. I can do that. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to, uh, after their meeting, uh, go. I'm being requested to assist in uh, the Dean's funeral, which is coming up rather shortly. All right. So, um, Felix's people come and pick you up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Felix is going to drive. So, Felix drives you um, to your respective homes. Is that where you're all going? Well, I was staying with Felix right now. Cause... Okay, yeah. And uh, he drops you off. You all uh, have restless sleep. Um, though you have restless sleep until whatever you're, you know, 11.30 or so in the morning because you're, you're exhausted and tired and a little drunk. Um, so you're going to meet at the club at 1.30 or 1 o'clock. 1.30. Um, I would like to have you all roll luck and see who gets the best roll. 07. 28. Can't beat that. 3. 70. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, you are, uh, you are coming in the club and Fuller, uh, when you got up this morning and you were, uh, having your very, very, very late breakfast, um, uh, you noticed a paper and you saw something in the newspaper that you thought seemed very interesting and related to some of the stuff that's recently happened. So you bring it in with you, and when you meet them all, uh, you come in and you slap the paper down and say, have a look at this. Grizzly find in Croydon residence. Entire family found dead. Cause of death is unnatural. Police cannot determine motive. Um, the, de the deaths of three members of the Broad Green family were reported yesterday. The remains of Alfred, and Enid Connett and their adult daughter Amelia were found in their home 
on Field End Road, a neighbor alerted the police to a disturbance late last night after hearing screams and the sound of breaking furniture. When the police arrived, they had to break down the front door to gain it minutes. By the time everyone inside, by this time, everyone inside was dead. Detective Inspector Wiggins of the Croydon Constabulary confirmed that there were three bodies found in the house. When asked for further details, Detective In uh, Inspector Wiggins would only say that the cause of, cause of death was not natural and that he was waiting for a report from the coroner's office. He also stated that there was a significant damage to the interior of the residence. Alfred Connett, a carpenter, is not believed to have any enemies and the police are still searching for a motive for the gruesome attack. Neighbors tell of inhuman cries. That's the next article. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you can go ahead. It's just the next oh, article. Okay. A vision of hell. George Reynolds, the neighbor who called the police, spoke to me after the police left. He had been awakened in the night by a woman crying out in alarm. This was followed by many screams and crashes that lasted for several minutes. Mr. Reynolds describes the cries as nothing like he had ever heard, stating that he does not believe that they were made by a person. He describes the little he saw of the Cornette residence <coughs> as being a vision of hell while the bodies were covered by the police when removing them from the house, Mr. Reynolds stated that he had seen that they were in the most horrible state. <coughs> well, I wonder if this family or perhaps the daughter was a member of the Croydon and Suffolk Cat, Cat Fancier Society. I'm wondering if her, uh, if her father or the husband here was not a uh, worker at the British Museum. I said he was a carpenter. Yes. And I'm wondering if that house is sitting on top of that old train line and all the crashing they heard was the final blow from a carpenter who fashioned a way to get down into that tunnel system. Hmm. Croydon is the rich neighborhood where the cat dancers are. It's, it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from the museum. I wonder if it's that same creature that came out of the horn or, and I smashed through the conservatory of, I forget his, the name, but he impaled the gentleman onto the tree. Theodore oh. Rayburn Price. Yep. Yes. That was also a very smashy affair. Um, also, all the breaking of the furniture and whatnot seems a bit um, uh, suggestive of some kind of search, but I don't know what this family could have had. Enid, Alfred, and... Amelia. Amelia. Now, here's an interesting question. He said that um, it's looked like a scene from hell that... Um, 
so I, I would take from that that the bodies were very messed up. Uh, messed up as in feet cut off or something? Or eyes natural is what's mentioned. Or the eyes removed, like Braver and Price. Well, if it's enough that he could tell even though the bodies were covered, it's probably more than eyes. But it might be extremities. Hmm. We should talk to the guy who, uh, the neighbor, because if the feet are cut off, then the sheets at the foot are going to be bloody. If the eyes are popped out, then they'll be bloody at the top of the sheet. Although if they've bled out already, depending on how they're, you know, there can be a rubber sheet under the, I don't know how they carry out corpses. What was the uh, uh, constable's name? Willet? Wiggins. Wiggins. Uh, we can try to get one of our constable friends to put us in touch with Wiggins and see what he's willing to tell. I'd like to see the house on a map too, or at least the rough neighborhood. But the Croydon thing seems like too great a coincidence. Wayne told us just yesterday that he was from the Croydon Suffolk Cat Fancier Society. I think Amelia seems like a, Amelia Connett seems like a cat fancying kind of name. Well, she was an adult, an adult woman living with her parents, so well, that, that's this, not uncommon. For this day and age, that's not uncommon. She wouldn't move out until she had a suitor and was married. Well, well, what I'm, what I mean is, she's an old maid. She probably has cats. Touche on that one. Old maid, <laughs> old maid indeed. I mean, if she was twenty something at home, yeah, she's an old maid at this point. Well, don't, uh, you know, Jane is a woman of um, independent. She doesn't live at home. True. She has a career. She's yes. modern. Career that I've made on my own. Got some years under her belt. She's a handsome woman. Yes, does she have cat hair on her? Probably not at present fully. Well, I guess the we can either go to the cat fancier and ask members' names, or we could go and investigate the house. We have the ability to uh, perhaps contact the coroner in this situation. You know, we have a couple of friends uh, at Scotland Yard. We can see if perhaps Jane, you can charm them into convincing them to. Uh, I, I'm afraid I don't know too many people in Scotland yeah, there. Right. <laughs> if we have to charm them, then apparently we don't know them well enough. Mm, quite. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we should call the yard. Well, first of all, I'd like to finish at least another cup of coffee and these eggs. Uh, and then we should call the yard and see if anybody has a connection with this Wiggins or someone else in Croydon that can introduce us. I think, you know, if nothing else, having discovered a tunnel under the British Museum should give us a little bit of credibility. About what time do you plan on going to Croydon? Well, I mean, let's... Forest. 
if for example they say you know let me get in touch with people in Croydon and I'll call you in three hours then mm. I would suggest we go and look at titles first whereas if they say yes that Wiggins worked with me in 22 on an important case and he'd and, love your input it all depends and on top of that I need a clarification Tom when I saw the article in the paper mm -hmm. it caught my eye did it catch my eye because it was a murder or did it catch my eye because we recognized names on there or would no. have run across these people? It's because you've already been talking about Croydon a lot. This was about Croydon and it's suddenly a bizarre, mysterious murder. Uh, it just sounds like the kind of thing that might be involved. In right. Okay. Way. Just want to make sure I knew where that was coming from. So talk to the Scotland Yard see what they have to say if we can't get any play from that we'll go talk to the neighbor okay. all right so is that what you're going to do now after breakfast didn't didn't felix uh what did you call it brack conch Cantaloupe. No, late in the day like this. And brunch. Uh, brunch, brunch, right, with the grape, the fruit grapes. The cantaloupe. It's a melon. It's, I had so, it imported specifically for the club. Kind of, kind of mealy. Yeah, so after brunch, call the yard, try our chances. Uh, one of the two homicide guys is friendlier than the other. For the yard, um, one of them was well-dressed, the other one wasn't. The one who was more um, dapper was more into into the cases. The other guy, the guy I think that dressed a little more casually seemed a little bit laid back. But one is murder and one was something else. Okay. So, if that's what you're going to do, what's that? Did we want to, um, ah, man, I cannot remember what I was about to say. If we can't get a friendly ear at Scotland Yard, then um, we can uh, go and look at the underground system and try to phone again at, after supper or something. Okay. I shall meet you all after, after supper. Um, unfortunately, after this, I must uh, attend to um, my uh, obligations. Is there anything we can do to assist you with the uh, preparations for Redeem's farewell? Um, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, soon. Uh, right now, it's more of uh, assisting the family. Uh, I will need to speak with them, but I'm sure that near closer to the funeral, which I'll be in uh, very soon, that they'll uh, they'll be needing some assistance. If nothing else, uh, it would it would look good if you did come to the. Uh, did come to the cathedral for the funeral, at least. Oh, of course we'll be there for the funeral. All right. 
Is there like a London Historical Society? Um, yeah, most of the people in London. You are kind of the historical society. You know everything about everything. Oh, but we didn't know about this Underground Railroad. Well, it's, like it's not I haunted. a little bit about it. Yes, and Jane actually mentioned that it had recently been decommissioned. So Yes, there was a platform there for the British Museum that was decommissioned. We have um, the map of that entire line or that entire network of tunnels. You certainly could probably find one. You'd have if to it's look. not here in the club, it'll be at the library nearby. Definitely at the library. There, there, should, be, there should be maps there. I'm going to go to the library. You know what else would be nice? Get in, get into the souvenir shop at the museum and say if they have a picture of the way the temple is supposed to look. Well, it hasn't really been generally announced yet. Hmm. So. You wouldn't find it at the, the souvenir shop now, but perhaps maybe uh, um, it's Leicester or uh, that other gentleman that was doing translations for you. Well, I figured if it was at the souvenir shop, it wouldn't be out on the floor yet, but they would have already have it ordered in mm -hmm. so they could put it out. I'm just... Preemptive you know. advertising. That's interesting. Well, I mean, Ms. Leicester, I think... Um, being responsible for the reconstruction substantially must have Campbell Thompson's notes, mm -hmm. probably reproductions of those things. Uh, do you know, um, is there something that you're looking for in particular in terms of the shape or the configuration? But I just wanted to see what the temple is supposed to look like in all its glory like. Maybe they took a picture of it before they dismantled it and moved it over here. So that, that way we could get a really good idea uh, of the symmetrics of it you know and how things are supposed to look because see we're just looking at a reconstruction in part it's not full finished yet Kohler, if there was a picture it would have a picture of the cat's eye and the seal that's really not a bad idea if there was well, photographic evidence taken we would have a picture of everything we're looking for there that's is what i'm thinking there is also another alternative in the fact that um, a, uh, a architectural model might have been created or a display model would have been created as to something that um, either for uh, advertisement or for the museum staff to be able to uh, reference. And if that's the case, I might have an angle in finding who might be involved with that. Well, exactly. Look. I mean, look, if they're going to put this temple back together again, they've got to have something mm -hmm. that tells them what it looked like. Exactly. Also, if we dropped by the museum and uh, spoke with Ms. Lancaster, it might come up that I had discovered an insidious plot to tunnel into the museum secretly. <laughs> which a young lady might find interesting. Unless, of course, she was the one that hired the tunnelers. I think that she's proven herself to be above reproach. Thank you very much, Fuller. <laughs> All right. It um, also, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It also behoove us to see if that uh, carpenter gentleman had any uh, connection with the, the rebuilding of the temple. All right. Let's break there. 
and we'll, uh, it's a little early, but let's just go ahead and call it quits there and we'll come back uh, next week with the next part. Oh, we've stumped the GM. Uh -huh. Our players included David Gasway, John Byron, Ford Pitch, Jason Melnichok, and Jerry Bryant, with myself as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.